Home with Glenn Jones. Across our university city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. Now it's almost a month since the first of a series of earthquakes hit southern Turkey and northwest Syria. The earthquakes have killed over 50,000 people and injured many more. And despite the distance, it's certainly an issue that's touched many hearts across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Just last week, we heard from Simon from Full Circle Fitness about how they had been fundraising. He told me the team at the gym felt they had to do something. You can't help but feel what these poor people are going through right now. And I think that we just felt the the urge and need to do something and whilst it feels like it's on a certain level insignificant it's, it's better than doing nothing whatsoever. Deborah Swan is an emergency department nurse at Addenbrooke's here in Cambridge. She was deployed to Turkey with the UK International Search and Rescue Team UK ISAR to save lives in the aftermath of the earthquake. Good afternoon Deborah. Good afternoon. Tell me what you found when you arrived in Turkey. We were tasked to the um, Hatay province um, and to Antakya City, um, uh, which was the worst hit area um, in the earthquake in Turkey. And we were the first international search and rescue team to arrive in the city. Uh, we got there about 36 hours after the, the onset of the earthquake. And um, it was total devastation that, that we, we came to. Um, I don't think there was one building that wasn't unaffected by the quake. Um, most buildings had crumpled into rubble or had pancaked uh, into a collapse or had just literally fallen over. And we saw that everyone uh, from uh, the residents of, of Antakya City were on the streets because they were too afraid to go into any buildings that were standing and they were sleeping out on the streets as well in temperatures of minus six, minus five at night. I mean, that sounds even worse than I'd imagined this. I mean, you see the images on the news, but to think of maybe walking down King's Parade in the city centre and seeing every single building affected by something like this, I just can't imagine it. It's it, uh, it's difficult to imagine um, and really I would never have imagined it myself. We have uh, extensive training to respond to earthquakes. We have um, very good immersive training scenarios that keep us awake for hours on end and we crawl into collapsed structures and work at height and do swift water rescue training but nothing really prepares you for the devastation on such a large scale the entire city was affected and nothing prepares you for the the human impact of of that devastation I can imagine. Tell me a little about the organisation. Who exactly are UK ISAR? The UK International Search and Rescue Team is a, a government-funded organisation um, funded by the FCDO, and it's made up of 14 fire and rescue services from across the UK. And within those services, there are um, specialists um, in urban search and rescue um, techniques. So it's a, a, an amalgamation of those fire and rescue services and, and urban search and rescue technicians uh, with, with um, uh, specialist skills. As part of the medical team, uh, we support 
um, those firefighters. And there's only 10 of us across the UK in the medical team. I'm the only nurse um, and we're all uh, we all work for the NHS. So we are on call 24 seven. The fire and rescue services um, work a split rotor of being on on, on and off call um, every three months. That must be quite the burden for you. Um, it's not a burden, really. We can um, we can work around um, deployments. We very rarely get uh, huge deployments like this. Um, usually, uh, the deployments that UK ISAR do are on a smaller scale, so they may not need as as many medical team to to go with them. But um, it's um, yeah, you, uh, my bag is packed all of the time and and ready to go at short notice. And how long have you been a part of this? I joined the team 10 years ago, so I went through a, quite a rigorous selection process that uh, was a three-day selection process. Um, and, yeah, they basically throw lots of very complex medical scenarios at you in confined spaces or um, at height uh, or water rescue, and uh, they test your metal. Um, and it's medical skills and and what you can bring and also how you would fit into the team as well because we are a very close team um we work very closely in very intense situations we we have to we have to get on with each other and uh, we have to have the right personality to to fit within the team as well as bring a you know a certain skill set and when you're working as a team in somewhere like a disaster zone like the city in Turkey where you were seeing all this devastation all around you. Where do you even begin to help? Our job uh, and what we are deployed to do is is to to rescue live casualties. We are tasked by um, a central agency um, uh, when we get into country um, and uh, the taskings are based on intelligence uh, on the ground um, and good intelligence that there are live casualties buried in rubble um, and then we are we are tasked to various sectors um, that are set out uh, within the city um, and our team is split down into four separate teams and we 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 go to the sectors allocated we have so we'll go to a, a location but as 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 happened with uh, this deployment we would walk through certain parts of Antakya and we would be um, stopped by people who said that they can hear voices so we stop and help them um, but the search dogs are invaluable to us um, and so we run the search dogs um, over and around the buildings and if the search dogs indicate that there is a live casualty we retask um, we help those people or we ask for another team to to come to that location so then we can move on on to the next location and that's how how we worked we just piggybacked our way uh, across the city helping people that way I'm lost for words, just imagining the scale of a task that you face. What sort of needs does someone have when they first come out of a rubble? We, so as a medical team, we go into the rubble. Um, uh, lots of people think that we wait outside for the for the, 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 the firefighters to, to bring the casualties out to us. But we, we go into the we go into the buildings if the, the people are trapped um, and it's going to take some time for the for the um, for the firefighters, the the USAR technicians to 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 dig them out. So we treat them as as they are are being dug out. Um, they are invariably dehydrated. 
um, they are cold because they're, you know, they, they can't keep themselves warm. Um, they'll have injuries sustained from the trauma of buildings falling onto them. Uh, they may well have uh, crush injuries and crush syndrome. So we prepare for that. They we give them painkillers. We give them um, anti-sickness medication so that they can start sipping water. Um, we rehydrate them um, and, and we, we treat uh, for crush syndrome if, if, if there's an indication that they have that. Or whilst the, the firefighters are, are digging them out. And we, we get stuck in as well, you know, digging digging people out as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all hands on deck and we all work uh, as a cohesive team. I would be absolutely terrified if I'd been trapped in the rubble for that amount of time. How do you mm. deal with that aspect of getting them to accept the help that they need? Oh, they're, 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 there's no problems with that. They, um, the, the, uh, the, the couple of rescues that I was involved in, you know, people, they were trying their best to help themselves and to mm. help us to help them. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's not a problem at all. It's, it's the, the hard thing is dealing with the, the people that are on the outside of the rubble trying to get in and trying to get their loved ones out. Um, they're so desperate. Um, and sometimes we need them to be off the rubble so that we can we can do our, our work. But um, we didn't really come across, you know, any resistance. We didn't have any problems. Um, they were one thing that really struck me about um, the, the people of Hatay province and, and um Antakia was their generosity they'd lost absolutely everything but they couldn't thank us enough they were offering us tea they were offering us food they were offering us to 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 sit around their fires um when they had absolutely nothing so that that's the the thing that that struck us the most despite losing everything the the those people were so generous it was um yeah it's it, it's difficult to put into words how how that made us feel that level of generosity, that level of bravery that you saw out there must really stick with you. It does. Um, and it, it certainly it, it makes it even more worthwhile. It's worthwhile what we do anyway, and we love what we do. Um, and, you know, it's a real boost when we get lots of live rescues. Um, but also, you know, it never fails to amaze me that people that have nothing are probably the most generous people on the planet. Absolutely. Obviously, we've been watching this from afar. We've been watching this from Cambridge. What would be your message to other people across the city in South Cambridge who are feeling deeply affected by this, but feeling helpless to make any meaningful difference? I think, um, I, I suppose, keeping it um, uh, in the spotlight uh, for as long as possible so that, that people don't forget what's what's happening out there. We, you know, we, we've moved on from the, the live rescue phase to the recovery and humanitarian phase. And um, I think if, if people want to want to, to help, they can donate money to um, DEC, um, which is the Disaster Emergency Committee, um, Save the Children um, and the International Red Cross all have systems in place already um, so that the, you know, the money um, can, can go uh, to the people of Turkey. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what, what I, I would um, would recommend. We are um, some of us from the team who deployed are um, doing a, a charity walk. So we're, we're basically um, walking the distance from 
our point of departure in Birmingham um, when we left uh, Birmingham International Airport to um, Gaziantep, where we where we flew into, um, just to, to raise awareness and to, to raise money for um, DEC. Deborah Swan, an emergency department nurse at Addenbrookes here in Cambridge, who's recently returned from Turkey with the UK International Search and Rescue Team, UK ISAR. Cambridge 105 Radio.